Uno, dos, tres. Hola amigos, welcome to the fourth episode of the Luchadors of Liberty. Joining us today is Spencer Garbar. Gar- Garbar? Garver. Uh, Garver. Garver. I don't. I just have a mumble mouth today, is what it is. But um, I'm your host, Robert Vincent, joined as always by the lovely, handsome Joey Clark. Thanks, buddy. And today uh, we have our first guest. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit nervous, but I'm happy I'm to sad. have um, the Region One representative of the Libertarian Party of Florida here in the house. Now, does that include Escambia County, or is that Oklahoma? It's uh, Escambia, Santa Rosa, Oklahoma, and Walton. So that's pre- that's a pretty you know I'm, big area. I'm also the chairman of Santa Rosa. Okay. So, okay. So it. how how did you get into you know actually let's let's not even get there uh, to the party yet. What got you interested in just being libertarian in general in the first place? Um. So you know I hear this a decent amount. Uh, it's hard to put it on a exact time, uh, but. I mean, I really started getting involved with the party. I actually started running for um, county commission uh, when I turned 18, or not exactly, but later on, I got the idea to run for county commission in Santa Rosa. I started a little too late. I was uh, actually registered NPA, no party affiliation at the time. Okay. Um, and I don't know, I just you know found more libertarian ideals. I kind of fluctuated between you know Democrat or Republican you know, when I was younger and hadn't really you know, solidified anything yet, but uh, I think I got, you know, just disenchanted with the other two parties. As as most people do, you know, whenever you're really young, you most of the time, like, I remember Joey was super Republican in high school, and I, yeah, I, I, was, I thought I was a Democrat, and, uh, you know, then growing up a little bit more, I, you know, changed my views a little bit, and uh, then I thought I was a Republican, and then there was a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't agree with in the Republican Party, yeah. like, like the... Uh, you know, like the adamant policy of going after drugs and yeah. war hawks and stuff like that. And then that's whenever I started hearing stuff, you know, like, uh, I guess, I don't know if Gary Johnson was the first one who I heard talk about it. I, and I, I really don't want to give Gary Johnson that much credit about it. But well, I want to ask him about Gary Johnson a little bit later, too. So yeah, we'll we can. Ha- so, so I can't quite remember when, whenever I was introduced to it. I know I registered Libertarian. In 2016, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I just started realizing, like, I, I am still, not, I'm not really Republican on uh, fiscal issues, but I'm very conservative on fiscal issues, and that's all I really cared about, so that's mm-hmm. why I very much lean Republican. And also grew up in the church, and then you kind of get away from that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and you start thinking, all right, well, I don't really care what these people do outside their house. Mm-hmm. Like, let them do whatever the hell they want. And so that's when I kind of found the Libertarian Party. Then I started paying attention whenever Donald Trump started running and looked like he was going to win. I was like, man, I just can't vote for this guy. Mm-hmm. I can't vote for Hillary either. So, I, yeah, sorry about that. So I just got to uh, I got to find something in between. And that's when I stumbled upon Gary Johnson mm-hmm. and, or the Libertarian Party. Really got it. But did you stumble upon Gary Johnson? Because I think Gary Johnson really stumbles upon you. <laughs> he stumbles. <laughs> maybe because he he's, he's really high all the time, <laughs> even though he says he's not. He stopped smoking. You're high, Gary. <laughs> You're super high, but uh, okay. I forgot the question completely. It's fine. Uh, how I got involved? How we got it. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So actually, but the next step is I went and visited the Libertarian Party of Santa Rosa County. Awesome. Uh, at the time, uh, you know. I was so you take initiative whenever you're yeah, like, you know, I, it was more of that. I, you know, my personal beliefs were that man. If I'm not really doing anything to anyone else, why 
do I have to worry about what, you know, why does someone have to control what you do with your own life, you know, and stuff. So I thought the Libertarian Party was a good place for that. Uh, so yeah, I found the party there, got involved, um, took it over a few months later. <laughs> a few months later, <laughs> became a, became chairman. Uh, you like walk in, you know, it's like a. The year. Like, oh, that's <laughs> and, it. That's our leader. Um, it's like an empty yeah. saloon, and the guy's like, "I'm leaving. If yeah. you want it, here's the keys." <laughs> and uh, we actually had the Northwest Florida Libertarian Party for a while. Uh, okay. It was created decades ago um, by a guy like Pete Blome. He he was the chairman of the NFLP. Um, for a while until recently he, he had to step down. So I ended up taking chairman of that, uh, since center was a county had to disaffiliate, you know, I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was too young, you know, and I, uh, so we disaffiliated. Uh, so I took the Northwest Florida Libertarian Party, uh, after I became region one representative, we made it the Okaloosa County Libertarian Party again, since that's pretty much where it was focused. Okay. You know? gotcha. Is there a tighter community here in Escambia County? Um, oh. there are a few people here in Escambia, but, uh, we're still trying to connect some people. Um, we got to make a few more phone calls and stuff. Uh, phone calls are actually pretty effective, so. Right, yeah, the old get, uh, get more people to groundwork. Continue. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a lot of, lot of behind-the-scenes work that still has to be done. I uh, I tried to work on a campaign. Um, Rebecca Bidlack. Rebecca Bidlack's mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah. I worked for her. Yep. Yeah, and she, I, like her I, I had a great time uh, while I was there. I was there for, like, maybe two weeks and a week and a half, but I was leaving to go overseas, so I wasn't invested in it, and uh, I wasn't sure... You know, if she was, you know, a libertarian because she's running over the republic under the Republican banner and stuff w- like was that. Was she wow. running for U.S. House at the time? Was that yeah. the campaign? Yeah, was yeah the, I believe she was so. in the primaries against Matt yeah, Gates and all that. Yeah, right. Gates yeah, I, I remember I did phone calls for her. I did pretty well doing phone calls for her. But I remember saying one phrase that was really I, I didn't like. You know, was radical Islamic terrorism, which I right. think you know uh, can be like a big yeah. buzzword. You know, but it was in the script. It's I said it anyway. I was thing. good. You know, I was in a rhythm. Did you throw in the southern draw with it? That's what you oh, have to. You know, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, radical, radical Islamic, Islamic terror. terror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm from over in Pace, you know, so. Right, you know, yeah. Gotta, it just uh, comes easy. A little easy. bit of southern draw on there, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it, it was an interesting campaign to work on, but got got a lot of experience. Rebecca's a, 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 a good woman. She does a lot of good stuff uh, for the yeah, Liberty I like Movement, her. I like that she's young, and I like mm-hmm. her ideas, too. So I, I wish she just ran the lost again, didn't she, in 2018? She did. She ran for a state rep instead. She lost the primary to Mike Hill, who oh, I think was an worst. awful kid. He is the worst. Absolutely. I mean, he has um, – I, I think he, he – did he have some sort of thing against Justin Amash, too? Didn't he say something about him? I'm not sure. I know he Mike is just the guy who's gonna hop on whatever bandwagon yeah. can get him where he's going. Mm-hmm. Like he's on he brings the Donald Trump star after they're breaking it up there. Yeah, just looking exactly. for a photo op. Following the money pretty much. Yeah, he, he's yeah, exactly. He's a money grabber. Whatever gets him where he wants to go, yeah. he's going to hop on that train. And it, it's a real shame that Rebecca lost. I definitely, uh, the, with the time I was there, I wasn't there that long, obviously. But the time I was there, I felt welcomed. I felt, mm-hmm. you know, like they were a team. And that's what you look for. Yeah. You know, sometimes whenever you go into a new job or a campaign like that, you're working for them. Right. You know, that kind of deal. It, she was very nice and welcoming. Yeah. yeah, and she's not someone I don't think that's like my killer is going to do whatever she's going to do what she believes in that's yeah, what i definitely. got the impression i got from her and she did a lot of uh, a lot of ground games too going out and door knocking and that's stuff. how they met um, i'm pretty sure right that's how you got on her campaign uh i think someone reached out to me um oh, okay. because i was at uwf in the whole sga and fraternity I scene you said they saw your gary johnson side in the front yard but i guess anyway we're... no i you know what um i think it was uh i'd made a post on facebook 
of okay. my Gary Johnson sign, and gotcha, I think gotcha. they saw that. But I was skeptical because she was running as a Republican, <laughs> and that was going to be one of my next questions is, do you think uh, libertarians could find success in running with the LP in this area? Um, here in Northwest Florida? Right, I mean, yeah. Uh, we do have a, a decent amount of libertarians in the area. Um, Okaloosa County was the number one county for Gary Johnson vote in 2016 in the entire state. Uh, cool. I believe number two right behind that was, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Santa Rosa was number two. Um, okay. With 4.1% and then 3.5%. Bay County, Panama City, is yep. number four. So in the state of Florida? Um, yeah, right. in the entire okay. state of Florida, those, those counties, all three of those are in the top five. Um, Okaloosa, by the percent of registered voters, uh, is the number two county for libertarians. Um, Santa Rosa is number four. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential here that just has to be worked on. Uh, mm -hmm. I think with the NFLP, they did a lot of um, big events, big like festivals and N parades. You and said NFLP? Uh, the, uh, the Northwest Florida Libertarian. libertarian. I thought you said yeah. OP for some reason. I was like, oh, yeah. is that a new one? Um, I gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, they did a lot of, um, you know, festivals, parades and stuff, but we weren't getting a lot of return from that. What I've seen works is a lot of, you know, you got to have a lot of more personal time with people, phone calls yeah, or door-to-door, right. -door, stuff like that, and try to find, you know, where they are. Well, yeah, my question was going to be like, I didn't know that until we started talking before the podcast that we are one of the largest uh, libertarian presences in the state of Florida. Because, you know, I, like I said earlier, yeah, boom. <laughs> but um, I started getting on the Gary Johnson train in 2016, and I was trying to convince a lot of other people, and we got a lot of our friends to vote for him, but whenever I'm trying to convince a lot of my family members who've been Republicans for 40 years, you know, they're pro military, anti abortion, anti or pro drug war, all that. Pro Israel. Kind of stuff. And then, yeah, yeah I think. Oh, one thing I don't think our candidate was the best way to portray because I got a lot of them to watch the town halls that he was on and it had a lot of issues. But how do we grow that even more, especially with these people who have these entrenched uh, values? How do we get our message across to them? Um, I, I really think local campaigns are, are a huge difference. Uh, the Libertarian Party of Florida had something called Operation First Step this election cycle. It was trying to get people in the lowest possible seats, you know, try and get people, libertarians, um, in campaigns where they can they can learn how to run campaigns. Mm -hmm. Once they're elected, they can actually you know handle some money, see what it's like. There are a lot of nonpartisan seats like uh, soil and water conservation districts. Community. I, I noticed that there's a lot of libertarians in soil and conservation. Yep. And uh, why why is that like? So that that's the, that's the the premise of Operation First Step, right? right? So get as many. We Florida actually is has the most elected libertarians of any state because awesome. of this. Uh, it's getting people in these seats um, because a lot of them, especially like uh, Orange County, we had a guy, uh, Derek Ryan. Unfortunately, he lost, but there's a potential for that person to handle, you know, millions of dollars of money because you're actually representing a ton of people just in this soil and water conservation district. Excuse me. Yeah, you're good. So, uh, yeah, the uh, just getting people in these seats, uh, training them up. And then later on, people will have the potential to run for better seats. They'll get name recognition. They'll get, uh, uh, you know, the Libertarian Party will get more name recognition as well uh, mm -hmm. by running these campaigns. You know, even the it's audience. nice just seeing the party name. Exactly. Uh, you know, right. it gets it out there. Even though it is a nonpartisan seat, people are aware they're libertarians. Yeah, well, it get, gets their name out there too. Exactly. Although I do, I do think. I, I love uh, more libertarians getting out and running for local mm -hmm. local positions and stuff like that, but I 
do feel like a strong national presence is a must-have for a you know political party, and Absolutely. and when you're not on the ballot in uh, you know about what fifteen to like seventeen states now, yeah, for the presidential election, that that kind of hurts the party, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is states holding back the LP, saying uh, we want you to run a five k before starting the race. Right. They yeah. they want you to get you know twenty five thousand signatures right. in a small t- it it's hurting our electoral system immensely yeah and so that you know that's why it will be fair there are there are some states like uh, pennsylvania who ohio a uh, tough time doing ballot access you know uh so florida we have automatic ballot access so it's a lot easier for us to get elected people so um you know the, the shout out to people in pennsylvania you know they're they're a little upset that we have the most elected libertarians but you know it's it's not as easy for them and i right, i yeah. feel for that you know I, I wish that they had an easier time to get elected because it's not you know, we're better than anyone else. It's that we're trying to have a healthy competition and get more people elected. You know? So how would you go about, uh, would, would the, you know, the Libertarian Party of Florida and, say, Texas all get together and ask of the National Party, like, hey, we want this to be on our platform for 2020? Is that kind of how that will get, you know, easier ballot access is part of the Libertarian platform? Um, so the way that would work is that, so we have a national convention every two years. Right. Uh, it just happened in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. We're about to have it in, um, I believe, Austin. So Does anything get done in there? Or are we just <laughs> going to strip clubs and drinking the whole time? Street, like, yeah. is Tom Woods, like, just shotgun a beer out of a Hickard's, uh, hooker's tits? Or, like, that would be the party to do it. I know. Tom Woods <laughs> just registered Libertarian. I know. Him, just did. I, I him and Dave Smith that. and all those podcasters mm-hmm. have all hopped on the train. So maybe that'll bring over a lot of their fans who are uh, with the Mises Caucus yep. and stuff like. I feel like that's that's where I align with most, and we've talked about this over uh, you know Facebook before. Um, there's different sects, but mm-hmm. the Mises Caucus people seem like they make a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't study a lot of economics, but I'm looking forward to reading. Uh, up on Austrian economics, I bought. Yeah, I just bought a few about books. This in the last yeah. podcast, we're gonna get them on Rothbard. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a <laughs> lot of, um, you know, Tom Woods. We just had an event with him, the Libertarian Party of Florida in Orlando. That's awesome. Um, like a couple months ago, uh, so we were able to pull some people in who aren't libertarians. They were Tom Woods listeners. Right. You know, it was a small, you know, like fifty plate dinner that we had, and he talked, and the vice chair of the National Party came. It was a great event. Uh, but you know, it was good to see people like Tom Woods come out and support the party and sort of. You know, we have that mutual thing to help him out, too. You know, he's just down there in Orlando, so it was easy for us to, to just bring him aboard, and he registered Libertarian, and we got ourselves a love it a, a, a great guy down and there. And he took a shot and then smoked a joint. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you don't know who Tom Woods is uh, by happenstance, and, you, and you're listening to this, and it's kind of your introduction into uh, the Libertarian world, Tom Woods is an intellectual, I would say, and he mm-hmm. posts podcasts up every every single day on uh, Austrian economics from the Yemen war. Like he has Scott Horton on there who is the editor in chief over at antiwar.com. And he just, it's a wide world of libertarian thought whenever you go to his podcast. And uh, I think he has a website too. It might be tomwoods.com. He does Liberty classroom and stuff like that. Like he offers whole courses Mm -hmm. in this stuff. So I on the you guys got him to register libertarian. So I'm gonna try to get you to convince me on this. I'm still a registered Republican, basically just because I want to vote in the local primaries because mm-hmm. a lot of the local elections are decided in the Republican primaries. Right. And so I think local politics is very important. Which I mean I don't know a lot of people would disagree with that. But what what is the point 
why should I register the Libertarian whenever I'm going to get that primary ballot and there's not going to be a lot on there? Uh, I would say that your choices in the primary aren't that great in the first place. Uh, I would say that if you register Libertarian, it first of all gives people the notion that there are more Libertarians out there. Yeah. Right? You know, you see parties like the Republican and Democrat parties constantly lose voters. So the trend for the past 100 years is that it's down. <laughs> and, yeah, true. you know, the – but – Libertarian Party and independents, NPAs, you know, they constantly go up. People don't want to be part of these parties. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that soon these primaries won't even matter. You know, you have people, um, I mean, even in, in a race like Mike Hill versus Rebecca Bidlack, and Bidlack is clearly a better candidate just on a personal level, I think, yeah. you know, and she still loses. Mm -hmm. What's really the point in an election like that? You could rather register Libertarian, and so that way you're ready for when those primaries do show up, because I'm going to put in work to try and make that happen. Let's do it. Um, but you'll also have, I think, a better sense of um, you know, what voting for what you really believe in, I think, rather than the lesser of two evils, which you can get uh, just by voting in a Republican primary or a Democrat primary. Um, you know, someone who doesn't really fully believe in your values and you aren't sure if they're going to, you know— bend on any of the principles that you do kind of relate to them with. Gotcha. Well, so one point you made in there is uh, getting people out of these parties, Republican Democrat Party. Some An issue I have with the Libertarian Party in general, it's probably more of a national stage, is I just don't like the way they brand themselves. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the way they brand themselves, they're trying. They're not really going after the independents. I feel like they're going after the Republicans and Democrats trying to sway them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the wording, I've already used the wording one time in this podcast, fiscally conservative, socially mm -hmm. liberal. Why are we using these other parties' words? I think that we should, personally, I just think we need to just go after, we're the party of rights. We're going to give you your rights back. And right. I feel like that might resonate with those independents more because there's more independents there than there is anything mm -hmm. else. So like, is, has there been talk about changing the way they brand? Because I remember Gary Johnson, Bill Will, just, just out there saying fiscally conservative, socially yeah. liberal, all and, over. And, and that is kind of how I started is that, you know, I was kind of calling myself fiscally conservative social yeah. liberal but over time i don't really agree with that statement necessarily because yeah. it's it's not it's not really. exactly true yeah. right you know because you know there are some connotations with socially liberal that still mean government control yeah and that isn't necessarily you know that like especially you know nowadays. a lot of libertarians will take the belief that you know government shouldn't even be in marriage you know mm -hmm. or something like that which is totally different than the republican or democrat takes yes on on something like same-sex marriage right so <laughs> It's, it's sort of like, you know, we, we should be catering more to the independent side. I, I do agree because we are the party of independence. And what is it? Something <laughs> like 50 or 60 percent of the populace is registered independent, right? Something, something, something like, like that. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Um, the amount of people that just don't even want to join either of the parties. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but the people who are in the parties are controlling your candidates yeah. at the moment. Uh, one thing I think that should be fought for more is um, like ranked choice voting. Or something like that. I think right. Could really help I where you do out. like you know Trump one, exactly. Gary Johnson two, mm -hmm. Hillary three. You know. Yeah, it would be like like you know a lot of libertarians would be like, okay, I want Gary Johnson to win, but if he doesn't get my vote, then yeah, Trump should get my vote, or Hillary should get my vote, or right. Jill Stein should get my vote, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just that's Gary Johnson and that's it, we're done. Or Harambe. Yeah. Or right. Or there. Harambe. Absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course. But yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like the idea. Let's go out there and tell people we want to give you your property rights and your personal rights. Right. As long as you're not impairing with other people. Now, yeah. what what if uh what if a drunk man just waltzes into your house and then falls in your basement property and rights. you lock him in there? 
<laughs> that's kidnapping. But then We're you, infringing you on keep his them. rights. Exactly. <laughs> See, a lot of people want to say the non-aggression principle is, uh, you know, applies the property property rights to a super extreme uh, that they would say like, oh, what if you don't feed your kid? You know, okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't feed your kid, that's kind of murder. You're going to kill a baby. Yeah. So then yeah. you could be taken to jail. I, I do think oh, that's yeah. something You're like... You're infringing the, on that kid's right to eat. I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, something like the non-aggression principle, you know, to, to put something so blatantly to be like, this is the only principle, this is the only rule, that's it. Yeah. It's to, I think, put the world in a place that it's not. Well, they're acting you know? like it's kind of like... Uh, I saw... What was his name? Uh, uh, Stephen uh, Molyneux. He was talking, and he was saying, or Stefan Molyneux, he was uh, saying that a lot of people want to put the non-aggression principle in terms of, like, physics or math or science mm-hmm. or biology when it's more of a, a broader brush, yeah, I guess right. you would say. You know, there's no one rule. Like, it doesn't apply strictly to everything, mm-hmm. you know? But, it, you know, we obviously there's there's some sort of exceptions or some sort of, you know, differences we have to make with it. I think the non-aggression principle is a good starting place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also important that we don't take ourselves so far to think that, you know, the NSA conspire on your data because they think a terrorist is coming. Yeah, you know, exactly. like it, that there's there's a reasonable limit and it's way less than that. Um, so. do, you, do you think it's important to have somebody like Rand Paul in a Republican primary, like getting in these debates and spouting what a lot of a lot of libertarian principles he's not completely libertarian but he's fairly close or would you rather have him, someone like him running as for a libertarian uh candidacy for president i know um, ron paul did that whole thing and how was success but i yeah i think at, at this point you know we can see like with with ron paul while ron paul did do a lot of good things for the libertarian party mm-hmm. uh i think if someone like rand were to switch over at this point he probably wouldn't have much success okay uh you know it's it's good for him to be there it's good for to have a, a voice of reason like rand you know in the senate mm-hmm. um However, I think the best libertarian candidate is going to be someone who's familiar with the libertarian party itself. I think it's. Um, I agree. I think that's probably because he ran as an establishment candidate in 2016. He when when clearly 2016 was the year to run against the system. I mean, look at Trump. Yeah, that's an outsider won. Obviously, you shouldn't have ran as an establishment candidate, Mm -hmm. and I think that was his main problem. And that's kind of what concerns me is uh, you had an election year where. Half of one side hated Trump, and half of the other side hated Hillary, and they were both terrible candidates. And Gary Johnson didn't get enough votes Mm -hmm. to get into the debates. And so that's concerning on a national level, because what if uh, the Republicans or the Democrats, ha-ha, managed to put someone up who's actually worth a grain of salt, you know? Yeah. So that's a good thing to transition like i said let, i want to ask you what do you think obviously gary johnson had the gaffes on tv a couple mm-hmm. times what do you think were the biggest issues with his candidacy and in a year that was so divisive why couldn't he gain ground um the biggest issues that he ran on or the biggest issues internally in his campaign both, both <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> i'm I, sure there's a long list but. you know obviously i think he's a very pro-weed candidate but that is his business yeah you know um I, can, can we just stop and talk about that town hall real quick where that lady, the heart attack lady, yeah, or, no, no, not the heart attack. That's for a bad uh, heroin or whatever, mm-hmm. or a bad dose of heroin. Yeah, he's talking about decriminalizing he marijuana. Not, I mean, he could not get out why we need to help drug addicts off and provide them with clean needles and clean mm-hmm. strands of heroin. He could not articulate his point yeah. there and just rambling on. 
Uh, and, and then there's another thing. There are some, some internal stuff about how Gary Johnson got the nomination in the first place with the 2016 convention. Yeah, uh, I wasn't I involved anything. in that point at, at that point, you know, I just know a little bit about what happened afterwards, but the, um, you know, we talking about like libertarians become Republicans too. You have people like Austin Peterson who aren't able, um, uh, to be able to become a successful Republican on the opposite side, like Rand Paul, but people like Gary Johnson didn't have, I think the, the know to be able to run that. I, I'm sure he's great with New Mexico issues. You know, he's obviously, he did great running for governor as right. a Republican in a very blue state. But I don't think he was able to capture issues on a national level and really get attention. And, you know, it's hard for one man to really do all that too. There's a real campaign team that needs to be behind him. And I know a lot of those people did a lot of good work. Um, but, so I'm not exactly sure where you know, the disconnect was, I'm not that involved, you know, with that, but he, I think could have done more to familiarize yourself, familiarize himself with the issues, um, that he just wasn't able to do. Or just familiarize himself with the majority of libertarians out there, which maybe at the time, uh, they were leaning more left, but now I feel like the libertarian party is leaning more, um, obviously left on social issues Mm -hmm. for the most part. But, you know, they don't have as many socialists in the Libertarian Party, whereas there was like a sect of Libertarian socialists in there for a while, which is completely, it's, like, a, it's like an oxymoron. I mean, we, we do have various caucuses within the party, right? right? So you have the Mises Caucus, you do have the Libertarian Socialist Caucus, they do still exist. I saw them at the National Convention, I chatted with them a little bit. Uh, is there, um, are there like as many of them now? As there was, I would like, say that there is a vocal minority. I think that after this 2018 convention, they realized that they're not really getting anywhere within the party. I think they might realize that they need to go somewhere else. Like to the yeah. Green Party? Um, That's what that's for. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or the Socialist Party. You know, they might or the that. Socialist Party, just straight up call it. And Probably some of them, there, there yeah. are like a couple of notable people that have sort of made that switch, I guess, more unofficially. And these are the kind of people that were like, Bernie supporters, sort and then of, they yeah. feel kind of jaded by the fact right. that Bernie didn't get the nomination from the Democratic Party. Yeah, there, and that's what Gary Johnson went out there again to my point that we we're trying to pull out of Democrats and Republicans. One of Gary Johnson's big thing is, well, if you're a Bernie Sanders voter, go online and do the test, and you're going to really yeah. do identify with me. Like, stop trying to. I, I, you mm-hmm. can pull a certain amount of those voters, but you're. Is yeah. it really something that's going to change the election? And I, I think it's just something that's so embedded within us that if you don't really have much. Uh, political training with them. I mean, Gary Johnson came from a red-blue party. You know, that's where he came yeah. from a red party. That's that's what I'm talking about. Someone should come from a libertarian party, you know, so that you, really runs on libertarian values. You think we're done pulling out of the red party to make for candidates or? No, no. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, not, not for now, but the party is growing enough to where that potential for that is definitely, I think, going to go away. Gotcha. Um, that we'll, we'll have more real libertarian candidates. Uh, I, you just see it every election season where there's more and more libertarians elected um, and some liberty-minded Republicans as well. I feel like it's because the party resonates um, a lot more with the younger voters. True. <laughs> yeah. Right. As uh, you know, more millennials are registering independent libertarian than at any other point in time ever. So. Yeah, and with it being as divisive as it is now, people are going to be looking for other options. And hopefully, we're there to welcome with open arms. So another a big picture issue that I wanted to get into, it's kind of like, 
don't know. I, I feel like it's the flagship issue for the Libertarian Party. And it is, like, for Ron Paul, you see the memes. Uh, you want to go in the Fed? Or this guy opens the door and says, uh, let's go in the Fed. What do you do? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. So for a lot of people who might not be familiar with it, just your average voter might not be. So can you explain to them what the Fed does and why the Libertarians want to end it so bad? Well, I'm not as well-versed in the issue as someone like Ron Paul. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I wish I was more. I'm not a, a huge um, you know, economics person. Obviously, I, I understand yeah. the, um, you know, why we should have a more laissez-faire market. Yeah. Uh, but the Federal Reserve, you know, they create money, charge interest on it. Yeah, they regulate the money. You know, and, and so, you know, I, I am obviously, I think, more for just, you know, obviously cryptocurrencies, <laughs> I think, are a great thing. You know, something that's decentralized and unregulated. You know, a lot of people criticize Bitcoin because of its yeah, decreasing value. Yeah, I'm not a huge cryptocurrency guy, but, but I get the value. I think that if you look <laughs> at some I know, Robert's got a bunch of cryptocurrency over here. He's I got the ticker on my computer now. It's hurting my heart. It's <laughs> Bitcoin's at a... Uh, three thousand three hundred forty-two dollars right now. I think that Bitcoin is a bad example though because it boomed. It boomed way too yeah. much. You know, it's a brand new currency. A lot of people jumped on it for speculative purposes, but I think there is a point where it'll level out and still be better than the dollar. I'm so mad. I because that's the thing is that I, it is still technically better than the dollar. I jumped on late. <laughs> I jumped on late. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah technically, you know, it, it might have be dropping, but it's still better. But yeah, Bring well, it's it's just hard to. <laughs> Go with that because, like, us here in uh, Escambia County, Florida, you know, lower Alabama, like, who takes Bitcoin besides people who have Bitcoin yeah. and accept it? No businesses do, exactly. whereas out west, uh, more people will take it. But, yeah, I, I, I was on the Bitcoin train. If I would have taken all my graduate money from high school and dumped it into Bitcoin, I could have a couple hundred thousand right yeah. now. Well, my, my dad was asking me, he's like, should I buy Bitcoin? And I was like, I would not do that if I were you. Now, <laughs> would, be a, now would be a good time to no, this do was it. right when it was booming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean, if you take, like... Lost uh, money on that one. Years from now, obviously, technology is going to grow. It's going to be more accessible to have Bitcoin. What's a scarcity you know, thing pay with, with your phone. Bitcoin. You know, you have things mm-hmm. like, you know, have Samsung Pay on my phone. You just tap it on a thing, and it pays, and you're done. You know, why not have something like that with cryptocurrency, I yeah, think, in the future? I agree. You know, you can have your own wallet stored on your phone. It's all protected and encrypted, and you just pay for it that way instead of the dollar bills made out of cotton fiber in your wallet well look at all of the stuff going on now like um like the u.s dollar is backed not by gold but it's backed by oil now mm-hmm. since we've switched from gold to the petrodollar back in the 70s mm-hmm. so if you don't want to participate in that system of getting and receiving middle eastern you know oil you know maybe say i'm ethically not wanting to deal with the dollar anymore and then switch all over to bitcoin gonna be difficult at first but maybe you can find your way mm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can. But, uh, you know. Maybe in a big city. That's just a thought. Uh, it could be an ethical thing if you want to switch over to the crypto world. And then there's all sorts of smaller cryptocurrencies that we could talk about another time. But Oh, I was actually going to bring it up later. Did you see this guy? He, Whenever Bitcoin was booming, he was like, well, if it doesn't reach a one Bitcoin, reach a million dollars, I'll eat my own penis on TV. Well, it's not going to reach a million dollars. He gave it like a year. He was like, within the year, I'll, if it doesn't reach a million dollars. I don't know if he's going to eat his own penis on TV, but he promised. What if the global <laughs> society just came together <laughs> and made Bitcoin like reach that much? Just, just so, so this guy just didn't have to. Uh... <laughs> You'd have to give him some money because, no, he would be like, no, I'm not doing that. I didn't think that would happen. 
No, he said if it doesn't. Oh, if it doesn't? Yeah, yeah. he said it will reach a million dollars within the year. If I doesn't, I'll oh, dude, years. you got to you got to swallow that dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to. It's gonna have to do something. It, I don't know what it is. Who was that? I don't know. Is that some McAfee? dude. Some that dude. was a McAfee. That was, no, but no, not about no. his podcast. Because I know. Okay. Yeah, because I never know he was a big. <laughs> Are you a stoolie? Are you a bar stoolie? Hmm. Oh, are you talking about a different McAfee? Oh, you talking oh, about no, John McAfee. John McAfee, no, not Pat McAfee. McAfee. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, no. Ah, that's funny. Pat Mc... No, no, John McAfee. Pat McAfee is a big libertarian. Yeah, right. <laughs> big libertarian. Yeah, I jumped whenever I hear that name. I listen to his podcast every day, so I jumped straight there. Yeah, that's where my went to. That's funny. Um, okay, so I just want to bring this up just because I want to see what you feel about it. So I was trying to mail something. Uh, uh-huh. yes, yesterday, mm-hmm. and it, you know it's a Wednesday. Uh, right. The U.S. Postal Service should be open, you know, because the government handles our mail for free. Unfortunately, Un- well, not for free taxes, but uh, anyway, stamps, stamps they they well. decided <laughs> to close the U.S. Postal Service because mm-hmm. uh, George H.W. Bush had died, and mm-hmm. they made that a national My bank holiday. Was closed too. Yep, yep, and then everyone else has to work. <laughs> yeah. Government. Yeah, they, they need more holidays because they don't yeah, have right? a billion a year. <laughs> Everyone else had to work. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It was 90, what was he, 98? I, I mean, yeah, he was dying. Well, we are, we're all dying, though, so to be fair. They didn't close the military. <laughs> so what's your question? That's not, my, that's not a question. I just want to know how you felt about them closing all services just just for a funeral, basically. And and not to mention the week-long coverage of it. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, yes, he died. He was a historical figure, and some people liked him a lot. Some people didn't like him at all. But there's still a lot of other stuff going on. If I watched TV news, I probably would know that it's been covered for a week. There you go. <laughs> I didn't See, know that. I think I, the you know. bigger issue is that we have this position in our country that held so much power and so much reverence whenever it's just a popularity contest to get right. in. That's the bigger overlying issue that this brings up. But yeah. If, I, if it was up to me, we'd get rid of the presidency. I'd like more of a parliamentary system. But, yeah. You know, once we have a popularity contest and we get a, mm-hmm. a, a reality show. Story. I will say, though, if The Rock runs for president, I'm probably going to vote for him. <laughs> okay, Robert. <laughs> I'm just saying, who's not going to vote for The Rock? He's up at like 4.38 in the morning every day. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning every day. So just hitting people, <laughs> hitting people with the people's elbow and stuff. Yeah, but I he's... I was trying to think of what it was. Yeah, he's, If you don't vote for him, he's coming with the people's elbow. Mm-hmm. Laying the smackdown on the Luchador Liberty podcast. <laughs> All right, so I... Transitioning a little bit. I think I fixed uh, taxation, personally. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, a lot of libertarians uh, hate taxes, but sure. we've had a government without taxes before. It didn't really work that much. Realistically, I don't think it will ever end it, but I think personally, it'd be better. Like, I'd feel a lot better about paying my taxes if I had some kind of choice of where they went. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of issues with the system, but I think honestly, the best system would be if whenever they mailed you, whenever or whenever you filed your taxes, they gave you like a little thing. What do you want your taxes to go to? Pick a minimum of three or whatever. So you kind of fill out, okay, well, I want to go to, uh, if, I don't know, just military, uh, emergency services like EMS, cops, or fire department, all that kind of stuff. Basically, you just get to decide. If you don't decide, it just gets dispersed wherever. And I think that would be a nice system because then I could actually, I don't know, I'd I'd feel better because they're going to stuff that I care about. Mm -hmm. And maybe the stuff that doesn't get funded, government shouldn't provide. Right. And you start uh, getting... 
why, why not make these sort of services like GoFundMe campaigns instead? That's uh, a good because so, then it's not it's not forced. You don't have to do anything. But you know, I think that a lot of smarter people will be like, okay, yeah, we should probably have you know X, Y, and Z to help have a better society. So I'm going to put my money towards this, this, and this. And, um, so uh, piggybacking on that for a second. Also, a lot of the uh, socialists or liberals or Democrats want to tax the rich. Well, that's who's mm-hmm. going to be donating the money to these things right. too. It's going to be a lot of the upper class because, like me, you know, I'm paying a mortgage, a car payment, and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of extra money to throw around. Right. So maybe I wait until later in my life, and then I start donating what I want mm-hmm. to. So I like that idea. But continue on. With and, well, you, and then you do have some services on on the other end that try to compete with government services, right? So you know, education is going to be like a huge deal, right? Yes. I just started using the app or a website to Khan Academy. You know, okay. It's like free education pretty much. And there's some really good classes on there that I think compete with a modern education system. Uh, but, you know, so it's completely free. Something like that competing with our public education system. And I think it does a way better job. I actually uh, looked into that myself, I think, my sophomore year of uh, my undergrad. And I did a, a research paper on MOOCs, like massive outsourced online it was i forgot the name of it. it's been so long but massive open online courses basically and it's from mm-hmm. professors from princeton harvard mm-hmm. who are offering these courses for free and they'll give you a degree and uh it's one of those things that's going to be in the future competitive for a real degree you'll say well i don't want to pay hundred thousand hundred thousand oh my god a hundred thousand dollars uh you know to go party at a, at a traditional institution chill man that's fun <laughs> i know it's fun believe me i participated in the partying but that that's what students go to college for now mm-hmm. you it's know true, yeah and uh it's not really about the whole education anymore and I'm not well versed on the loan system giving back and forth to the college, but apparently, from what I understand, that is why prices are so high. Is because universities can can charge whatever they want because (laughs) they know they're going to get the money from the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and that that is another problem. You know, it's not necessarily just getting rid of taxes, right? That's not that's that's just one part of it. Another thing I think would be like deregulation uh, with education. Again, Uh, say you didn't want to do an app on your phone to learn algebra, physics, astronomy, whatever. Mm-hmm. You take, maybe deregulate, like in this area, how many private schools can you name? I went to them. So, but yeah, there you go. You're the one that Pensacola Christian Academy? Yeah, yeah right. You know, the, but they seem to have a common theme, right? They're all religious, right? They're all Christian oh, institutions, yes, right? And it's because you can kind of get away from taxes that way, right? The only mm-hmm. way we can really have a, a true private institution is if it gets religious exemptions. Yeah, so which is ridiculous. If we anyway. were able to have, you know, some some deregulations to where we can have other private, you know, secular institutions as well, you know, not necessarily knocking private religious institutions, but you know, to have a more diverse um, ability, you you would have lower prices for private schools and a better option for education because people can choose where their kids go. So you're saying uh, the school you're opening is not going to be under the facade of the flying spaghetti monster religion. No, um, Scientology actually. Oh, well, that's even better, because then you'd have Acting 101 in, like, your first classes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh You'd be an actor. That's what we should try out. (laughs) But I think an issue that's not necessarily exactly taxes, but it's, like, hidden taxes. Like, here in Pensacola, you have to, if you want uh, garbage pickup and water, you have to use ECUA. 
Essentially, well, you're I got paying a, a tax. I have a lot of problems with ECUA. My boss actually runs for ECUA every year. Anyway. In Santa Rosa <laughs> County, we have to use ECUA, but we have no res- representation oh, absolutely. on the board. Yeah, well, that's uh, one of his problems, too. Yeah. He runs in your favor. He's like, yeah. we need to stop doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we were talking about that with, with the ECUA with a couple of people trying to get um, you know libertarians to run for that in the area to help also with Santa Rosa. Because oh, you, yeah. you know the north half of the county pretty much uses ECUA. I'm not sure about the south half. I don't believe they do. I might be wrong about that. I think that. they have a choice, um, maybe, which would be nice. You Because know, we used to have like waste management mm-hmm. uh, come in and handle the stuff. And then ECUA suddenly bought it. And guess what? You now have... You know, two trash cans if you want to use the recycling one. You know, yeah, without they any don't, option. They don't recycle either. Everyone gets a trash can whether they want one or not. A mm-hmm. recycling bin, and uh, you know, some people don't use them. <laughs> you know, so yeah. why why waste the money doing that? So what 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 is the suggestion? I'm that, saying why can't we introduce competition into the market? Yeah. And said I have to pay ECUA whatever they tell mm-hmm. me if I want to get my garbage picked. Like up. the yeah. government should say, okay, if you want to use a private institution, there are a lot of then you don't have to pay the tax. Well, it's not a tax. It's my garbage bill. I'm saying it's or a hidden garbage tax bill. because I don't have a no. choice. I don't. Have, there's not a free market. I can't go to garbage company B or C, yeah. who's cheaper, okay. or maybe garbage company B is more expensive, but they have better service. Maybe they pick up trash twice a week, and I want to pay for that. Maybe they step in and give you a blue job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know like Dallas is a city where you can pick and choose your utilities. Hmm. You can say, I won't go with this utility company or this utility company. Not here. It's essentially I'm paying a tax that my garbage picked up whenever mm-hmm. I could maybe be getting a cheaper price if there's competition. That makes yeah. sense. I would pay the uh, the trash people from Barcelona, Spain, because whenever I lived over there, there were some hot girls working in the waste man. I'm serious. It was like it was weird because you don't see, like you know your trash man. It. He's a trash man. He's big and burly, and he's like, "Hey, have a good day." And then, and then the over in Barcelona, there was like women working in construction jobs. Like I could see, maybe not construction. Yeah. I saw all of, all of them working in like waste management stuff, mm-hmm. but they were hot. It was like I don't see any of that here, and I don't yeah. know why. There's a uh, Parks and Rec episode about this. Go watch it. <laughs> I've seen all the Parks and Rec. Twice. Yeah, what? Leslie now goes and picks up the garbage because yeah. she was complaining right. there weren't any women in sanitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good one. They moved the giant fridge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and so they donated instead. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that's one of the things that irks me too. You can, yeah, Pensacola Energy does the same thing. Yeah. That's how I pay my gas bill too. It's mm-hmm. like, just give me some competition. Those are literally taxes. The amount that, like not the entire bill, but the amount I'm paying over what I could be paying is essentially a hidden tax that they're, they're getting me on. Yeah. So, it's um, just one of those issues. Yeah. And, you know, back to the Libertarian Party, these, there's a lot of buzz phrases, you know, that that libertarians like to use, of course, taxation is theft, you know, being a real popular one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so earlier, how do you get more people to register libertarian? I think it's conversations like these, you know, to be able to talk about how competition makes for a healthier market, to talk about how, how less taxes means like better choice for you and, and a better exactly. running society. You know, I think that these, these sort of discussions are really what's needed. It's not necessarily, you know, obviously it's good to have someone on a, on a national stage, like, um, you know, Gary Johnson, if he were to get up there, I, I don't think he would have actually been good <laughs> debating against, uh, you know, uh, Trump or Clinton. Yeah, Trump history. would have found a good name for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sleepy Gary. Uh, Sleepy yeah. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But to, to Not have in the house. <laughs> just, just go around and, and talk to other people about what the Libertarian Party is and really, really talk about the platform and, and where... Uh, where a libertarian society can really change things and in the real world for, for the better. 
But Spencer, how would you drive on all the roads that we would? <laughs> but roads, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, my favorite argument. I gotta pay property taxes this year. Just be a loyal Domino's pizza customer, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Apparently that's fake though. Apparently they finished like one pothole. Really? And that was their whole thing. You see, you can't do that. That's <laughs> fake. That's not real. <laughs> But I was listening to uh, Larry Sharp on Joe mm-hmm. Rogan's podcast, which Larry Sharp has done an excellent job mm-hmm. in running in New York. Uh, I believe for was it the mayor or governor? Governor. Governor. governor? Yeah. Right. He did an excellent job getting on the ballot in one of the uh, you know bigger states politically. Like mm-hmm. when you think about New York, you think it's super left wing, but he got enough votes to be on the ballot there and get uh, you know the word of libertarianism spread in a uber liberal society there. did you listen to him on joe rogan's podcast i did yep. yeah it's so frustrating try, whenever he's trying to explain his education things to joe rogan and joe just went in circles about like well i want to get rid of yeah. the administrators how are you gonna get rid of the administrators i'm gonna get rid of them <laughs> i think yeah. i think larry could have had some better points as well i, agree, I wasn't yeah. too stoked about larry on that. a lot of people gave joe a lot of shit and i i don't really agree uh, Larry did I, not I think Joe was regular Joe. I listened to Joe Rogan a lot a long time ago. I, I fell out and, you know, Larry and then Elon Musk, was, you know, were the two uh, that I listened yeah. to recently. And I was like, yeah, no, that's regular Joe. I think a lot of people just don't listen to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't don't realize how he does things. I feel like it went around and, in circles, but and, I feel but like yeah. he was questioning them like he normally does. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that Larry really could give a satisfactory answer. And I, I wasn't the happiest about that. Well, Larry kept on going back to, well... I have something in the works, but it's not fully yeah. done yet. It's what it was. Yeah, and that a lot of libertarians need to be ready for a better answer than it's just gonna work. That's not yeah. necessarily. That's not gonna be good enough for right. people. You know, they're not gonna be convinced with it. Especially just when work. you're talking about overhauling, pretty much the entire education system. But uh, to defend Larry a little bit, he I think a lot of what he was trying to convey, but he couldn't is. He didn't know exactly what his plan was until he got in there and evaluated it from the inside. Right. That, and so I, I think yeah. that's what he was trying to say, but he couldn't yeah. figure out the way to I, say I it. I do agree with that. You know, obviously New York has a decent amount of bureaucracy that they have to deal with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, if for, for Larry to not maybe get the entire intricacies of the thing, I, yeah, I can give him a pass on that. That's Yeah. You know. I do like him. He was kind of a bull, though. That's why I, I, I liked him a lot. Was he was going to get on the ballot. He was going to push he was, for it. I've met Larry. He's a great guy. I mean, he's yes. super high energy. You know, he's friendly to anyone he talks to. You know, he's, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Uh, so it's it, it's just a new environment. You know, I liked his idea of having... be ready for. Yeah. I liked his idea of having the corporations uh, buy out... Bri- like, the, instead of having the Brooklyn Bridge... Have the Verizon bridge, right? Kind of stuff Absolutely. like that. Smart, yeah. And Pay if you don't roads. want to buy out your contract, <laughs> then do something. <laughs> well, it's it's something like uh, we are allowing corporations to get so big, and this is a concern amongst a lot of liberals, um, to where America is like an oligarchy now. We have corporations and government working hand in hand. Where <laughs> crony capitalism? Yeah, it's crony yeah. capitalism. It's not a real free market. So, how should we get? these corporations to pay back into society. Is it taxes, or do you have them do stuff like Larry Sharp was talking about and buying out these bridges and maintaining mm-hmm. them and stuff like that? Which, in turn, is, is that a tax, or, you know... It's not... It would be, a, market. It'd be a voluntary marketing. contract. Marketing, right. Yeah. If Verizon wants to pay a million dollars for the bridge, but AT&T wants to pay two, then AT&T gets the bridge. Right. It's just bargaining. You know, it's just a voluntary, you know, market. And they don't have to buy it. So yeah. So, it's not... It's not or is it, 
it's not compulsory. And then someone asked, why would they want to pay for, you know, the maintenance of the bridge and stuff like that? And then people would say, well, millions of people drive across this bridge every year. Mm -hmm. That bridge is shitty and it says Verizon. Yeah. Everyone's going to be mad at Verizon. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway. You got any more questions? I have one, like, overarching question that we could end on and then go to the news stories. Um, I don't think I have anything right now. Uh, I have one news story about... Well, let me do this before okay. we'll get to the news story. All right, go ahead. All right, so just in your opinion, mm-hmm. if the Libertarian Party just takes off, does everything, what's the initial end goal? Is it controlled anarchy, or is it more of just a kind of laissez-faire society? Like, what what would you like think the end goal for the Libertarian Party is? The minimum amount of government we can possibly get to. But I, some I think government that, still is... I think that there needs to be a pragmatic approach. Okay. Uh, that you can't just go in there and just end the Department of Education and say, deal with it. Yeah. You can't do something like Some that. quantitative easing. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to do... There, you know, there, there has to be steps to be taken, but they have to be the right steps, right? You, we can start getting rid of, you know, bills that have been passed or, or parts of different branches of government to be able to ease the way out, to go, okay, we're going to get rid of this public sector uh, portion to, but we're also going to deregulate the same part in the private sector. So that way an organization can exist. So these people aren't just all out of jobs and, you know, they're all, you know, sitting at home trying to figure out what to do. You know, they can go to another company that fills that void instead. Uh, and help try to grow the private sector. And I think that as long as just those steps just keep getting taken, just more and more, uh, if, you know, libertarians were in control of everything, that's what would happen. You know, we just take those steps, bring it down until the point to where you can, to where society looks like it's not going to be able to function if you keep taking away some sort of regulations. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't know where that point is. It's very theoretical. Yeah. More hardcore libertarians will tell you, I know the answer, I know everything, yeah. and I, you know maybe some people that listen to this podcast later will give me some shit for this. Right, like but, P- Peter Schiff is over here like, the bubble's popping tomorrow. Yeah, I know, Peter Schiff is ready for it's coming downhill He's fast ready. now, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, there's just, a, there has to be a, a practical, incremental approach, I think, to, um, to just deregulating society, giving people more freedom. Um, in the quickest time possible without collapsing anything. You know? I would absolutely agree with you on that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I don't think there's ever, like, controlled anarchy sounds great, but it'll, I don't think it'll ever happen. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost unrealistic to achieve. I think it would have been if we, if the first person that was like, hey, I'm going to be the leader, just mm-hmm. decided not to, and we never had government, I think it'd be fine. We're too entrenched into the system at this point in society. So that we can get to a laissez-faire government, but. right? Yeah, but most most uh, libertarians will agree with you that we need to have a military. Maybe not a standing military, mm-hmm. but we need to have a military uh, to defend our defense. defend the homeland, right? But we are so far overreached into the whole world, pretty much, that <laughs> we would have to ease it back. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that if we just pulled back all of our troops from all of the like seventy to ninety countries we have bases in, yeah. uh, shit would just go crazy everywhere. China would take the whole China Sea. Japan would probably, after repealing their, uh, you know, what was it called? There's a official name for it, but they repealed their treaty that said they cannot 
aggress military. on somebody, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. With uh, they they were only self defensive, and they relied on our military. But now they can build up their own military. Mm-hmm. And as we know, China really wants that China Sea. <laughs> yeah, who would guess? Building their own islands to get it. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. That's that's an area I'm well versed in is East Asian studies mm-hmm. and. Uh, China, like the U.S. has built islands. Uh, yeah. Vietnam's built islands. Mm-hmm. So China's not the first to do this. Right. Yeah. It's kind of uh, one of those things that we as Americans like to make big deals about because they do it with their military, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they're doing it against UN charter that says only uh, two hundred nautical miles outside your. Limit. They're like, no, all, all the shit. We want all of it. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and I think there are some more common sense things that the libertarians would get rid of. You know, like. Tom Woods types are very anti-war, right? You know, they're uh, we're really the only party that's anti-war at I, this point, right? Uh, you know, so I it's think that's a like, big issue to bring people. Where did the where did the left go? Where, where did the anti-war yeah. Democrats go? Oh, they're busy droning people. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't understand how that dissolves so quickly. Yeah. But a big talking point that I did like from Gary Johnson in the campaign was an impenetrable defense. And containing some of these countries might be considered defense still. Like, not letting China overreach all over the place could still be considered national defense. Mm-hmm. But why are we going in, into these civil wars is my issue. And, and arming people and trying to do all that. Yeah. Like, if it's a civil war, it's a civil war. Whoever wins, wins. Yeah. In my opinion. Not to mention... And we're destabilizing these countries as we're doing it. Yeah, not to mention uh, the people we are arming are like the Mujahideen who turns into mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda ISIS. or ISIS. <laughs> and then we're arming Saudi Arabia, who's... You know, perpetuating a pretty much genocide in Yemen yeah. for as far as I'm concerned. And it's under the slightest notion that Iran is supplying the Houthis with all these weapons. And yeah, they might be supplying them with some weapons, but who's not supplying which side with weapons? And also, Iran has made some commands to the Houthis that the Houthis have straight up just denied. They said, don't go take Hodeida, don't go to the port city, and they still did. So it's kind of one of those things where if you're in the anti-war loop, you would know this kind of thing, but or these kinds of things. But if you're outside of it, you're thinking, you know, we're the good guys. We're, we're you know, USA, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of Republicans, I feel like, have a hard time jumping over to yeah. the libertarian side because they are so accustomed to being war hawks. It's kind of a patriotic thing to go kill foreigners at this point. Yeah. Well, I'll go consider it that too. They can also consider it patriotic to pay their taxes, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're the right. most anti-patriotic thing out there. You want to hop into some news stories? You got some, Robert? Um, I only have, like, three. Yeah, let's see if I can pronounce her name right. Um, Huawei's finance finance chief, uh, Meng Wanzhou, arrested in Canada, mm-hmm. and she's going to be extradited to America, I think. Mm-hmm. Under the pretense, there's not a lot of details out about it at this point, but under the pretense that I guess they're selling cell phones to Iran, yep. maybe, or selling information to Iran, we don't know a lot of details, but Huawei is a giant phone and tech company in China. Um, the U.S. doesn't really allow them in our market. and uh, They're it, the largest, I believe, telecoms provider in the world. Yeah, right, the world. right. They just right. passed uh, Apple or, or Samsung um, the past few months. <laughs> I did not know that off the top of my head, but that is—I yeah, can definitely see that. Like, whenever I went over there, there our Huawei was everywhere, or and they're, just they're like right behind yeah. Samsung or something. They're I think right they're up there. They might be. Now, yeah. I know they passed Apple. I know Apple's number three. Well, just given the population of China, yeah, exactly. Guess 
Um, and that's where a lot of like imports are here in America. They, you know, they import a lot of these Chinese phones into America uh, <coughs> for people who want you know a, a lower cost option. Yeah. Right. And one of the, one of the things I guess the U.S. is not happy about was like, market, by the way. yeah, <laughs> it, it it is, but at the same time, like the U.S. is okay with assembling a U.S. made iPhone. Yeah. Or a Chinese-made iPhone, but it's a U.S., like, United States intellectual property, pretty much. But they're not okay with a Chinese-made phone mm-hmm. made in China coming over here. I know some of the speculation, you know, obviously, you can't, is that... What gets speculative is WeChat. WeChat is super spe- uh, suspect, but go on. That's well, I was going to say that, you know, that there's speculation that they're bugging the phones and stuff and that they have that they're oh, able to for to do sure that as, as if the other companies aren't either i was gonna say <laughs> the u.s but, government is yeah absolutely bugging yeah something right like yeah but it's not them it's not oh, them. you hear that nsa yeah right. yeah we're not gonna pretend like the nsa has a giant fucking mega building full of supercomputers uh capturing all of our uh metadata which which uh was uh was it flacker he came what's his name he came out and said that he he said that he was, he was part of the Democratic parties. He was part of the Democratic Party, and no one's making a big deal about it. Like you knew about the United States government spying on ordinary everyday citizens. Yep. And James Clapper. No big deal. James Clapper. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the that's I guess he'll be the SmackDown of the week. I need to, I need to come up with some uh. Some like little, little uh, you know, little clip sound in there, where you'd be like, whoosh, you know, you know, like finish, me. like like <laughs> like J- like J.R. Ross going, oh my god, he's in the hell in the set. We got we're the luchador. It's like a wrestler. I, I it's a did. Spanish. It's a Mexican no, wrestler. <laughs> yeah, right. Jack I want the win. <laughs> oh yeah, that's happening. I want the that's wing. happening for sure. All right, so one of the ones that I pulled up, it's a very libertarian cause. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court, obviously we just had a, the huge thing with Kavanaugh, and then one of the Supreme Court justices also had a health issue, and they're both still serving, obviously. But it, the debate is coming up again. It comes up all the time. Should there be uh, term limits on Supreme Court justices? I know mm-hmm. the big libertarian thing that I saw was term limits for everybody. Right? Yeah. And so I'm... Really for this, we don't need people mm-hmm. serving till they're ninety years old, falling over. Yeah. So, what uh, what do you think? What does the party think? Um, well, I know that Supreme Court justices can serve until their mental health you know, yeah. is deteriorates enough, uh, but that's that's qualified by a doctor. You know, it's sort of, there isn't like a real hard line on that. Mm-hmm. Term limits are an interesting thing. Uh, you know, if, if you look at something like a, a, a legislature. Right. Uh, term limits on any legislatures uh, bring a lot more power to the executive branch. Uh, you know, a lot of standard, the, the standard argument is that House should have four terms, Senate should have two, right? Something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, what happens is that, say you have like a two-term senator, right? And I swear I'll get back to the justices. But say you have like a... Oh, no, uh, I like the term limit argument in general. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so you have like a, there, there's a hierarchy. In the Senate, right? You need to have you have, you have Senate leaders. You have to have people who are around that know what's going on, that that have right. been around a while. Uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't have like a forty-year senator, um, mm-hmm. but what happens when you have all these two-term senators vying for power that have all been around the same amount of time? Yeah. Because if you look generally, people are uh, you know in higher positions that have been around a longer time, right? Uh, you know, 
people like Nancy Pelosi who've been around forever. You know, so she gets a better place. And Elizabeth know. Warren's people have been here for oh. like <laughs> millennia. <laughs> I Liz- Elizabeth uh, Warren article sorry. too, so okay. we'll wait. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, but you see places like um, I, I believe Florida has term limits. We we have term limits, and um, that gives the governor a lot more power uh, okay. because the the governor's office can sort of switch things around. A little. They they can control things a lot better than the legislative. Okay. If you have people that are inexperienced, uh, especially on commit committees, are the backbone of a lot of legislatures, right? So if you have like arms committees, or or you have like a, yeah, what, education committees, you have finance committees, stuff like that, uh, people who haven't been around as long might not be able to catch on to the long-standing, you know, uh, traditions or practices or information that has been handled a certain way by other people, right, gotcha. for a long time. Uh, so when it, when it comes to these justices, you know, I haven't done too much reading on, on term limits when it comes to, uh, to judges themselves. Uh, I am hesitant when it comes to term limits. Uh, if we do need to have term limits, I would say, you know, make them longer. Okay. <laughs> you know, don't, don't have eight years for a representative and 12 years for a senator. Have, you know... It might sound ridiculous, but something like four terms for a senator and so, twelve terms for a house. You know, have some limit, um, so that way you don't get people like uh, what Orrin, uh, some of those or, uh, people. Orrin Hatch. You know, who have been around forever, <laughs> decades as as okay. a representative. Okay. Right, and you then, need the experienced people in there. Um, I understand that. And, and so that is another thing with with the judiciary. A lot of these people are people who studied to become justices right yeah. people who studied to interpret law and to enforce the law or well not to enforce but to interpret the law right to and to, to take that away from someone because of the amount of time they've been there i, I don't know I, I also am not sure about the effectiveness of a supreme court either um i think it is effective yeah if it's not politicized like it is now but we we yeah. start a lot of people will define that differently you know what how do you what isn't politicized by the Supreme Court, right? You have Marbury versus Madison, you know, in like 1789 or whatever, right, right. in the very beginning. People call that the first politicized one. That's right when we start. Yeah. But between the, the second and third president we ever had, you know, we're, what, that's 16 years in, into our new nation and the Supreme Court's already politicized? That's a fair argument, but I would say what if, say... The Communist Party, for whatever reason, gets in power, and mm-hmm. they stay in power for 50 years or something. All the justices die off. The Communist Party president, as weird as that sounds, can um, <laughs> elect all of the Supreme Court justices. Therefore, we have a communist yeah. you know, uh, executive board and, and judicial they die. board. <laughs> Until they die. You know, and and that, that's a that's a super uh, far is, hy- hypothetical, right, but right. And that's one of those things where it's like, would you want uh, the Democrats to have all the yeah. power? Because that's right. like, if you look at the trends, uh, people are leaning more liberal, so it's and that, very possible. That is argument of should they be appointed positions in the first place? Should they be? Should judges be elected, elected or should yeah. they be appointed? Uh, something like we do here in Florida is should this judge be retained? I Should like this judge stick around? A lot is uh, you know, have them appointed, but have the people have an opinion after the judge has been around a little bit. 
you know, that might be a good middle ground. Uh, you know, as, as I was talking, I started thinking, you know, it sounded like I, there, there shouldn't be a court. I don't know what we should do if there wasn't a court. So I can't ask oh, yeah, that question. You know, be there's got to be some yeah. sort of court. Uh, that's probably one of the bare minimum things that I would like as a libertarian. Is yeah. Like courts, right? <laughs> well, yeah, so, you got to have them. You know, I, I agree with courts, but it, it, the, the process of putting people in these courts is definitely a tricky situation. Right. Yeah. And then it just comes political, like with the Kavanaugh stuff. They didn't even care about his record. His yeah, track record right. at all, which is not good if you're, especially from a libertarian standpoint. You know, he's for all this big government or big government surveillance and all that. He's voted in favor of. Right, it. he he but, was not the. And then, but they don't ever bring that up. At least maybe they did, and that's just not what we got. We yeah. got that's not the information. We Libertarians got. like Dave Smith and Tom Woods and Scott Horton brought it up, you know. But mm-hmm. whenever the whole Kavanaugh situation happened, it shifted focus from his actual merits to. What he did in the past in high school and stuff like this, what, whether it's you know easily uh, proven if he actually did mm-hmm. it or not, you know yeah. that's up to I guess public opinion now. Yeah, exactly. And and you get you get crucified in in the in the court of public opinion, right? And I maybe there should be a different process for how they're approved. Right, maybe the president nominates him, but maybe it shouldn't be a fifty-one percent vote yeah. to get. Maybe it should be a supermajority to approve a Supreme Court justice if they are going to be there for life. I do like the idea of like having the American people vote on should this person be retained because like give them five years and then the American people get uh, vote should this person be retained, and then we'll get like because right. they're they're representing us whether yep. they whether we elected them or not. And so, why not? Like, we like the job this guy's doing. We don't like the job this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And so then we'll decide, do we want Kavanaugh representing us on the Supreme Court? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we I don't like really that. know. Yeah, and, and, and early, you know, to circle back to the argument about term limits, uh, you know, I didn't, I, it was difficult. It's difficult to do a lot of research on judges, I realized. I tried to. I've tried with, to do with, this With before, this one. Yes. And, you know, I went down and sat down with the first one, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know anything about this guy, and it's hard to find anything about him. Mm-hmm. So my, my general reflex, while I'm necessarily against term limits, is to vote to not retain any of them. That's what so I that did, way too. we do yeah. get more people. <laughs> so I, I but it's more thing. of a personal decision than an automatic you know, get rid of them. So that's how I voted this uh, this election season. I definitely voted um, to get more people in. Like you said, it's yeah. just one of those things yeah. where like you don't know much about the judges, and so if they haven't done anything good, like criminal justice reform, or you haven't seen anything in your county, say like uh, a de- decrease in convictions of nonviolent drug offenses mm-hmm. like that's kind of what yeah. i look for especially as a libertarian mm-hmm. um i look for that and if i haven't seen that in my county then no i don't want to keep you as a judge yeah yeah i if if a justice you know does yeah do more work to be able to not convict people of nonviolent crimes and yeah that that would be a justice i'd prefer um but you know I, as i do think of, I, I think that the best solution might be to make the senate a super majority vote instead of a majority uh, so that way you don't necessarily have it controlled by, um, you know, party. say if say a communist party person does become president and, you know, you have 51 communist party senators, well, you're going to need more people from other parties to be able to approve your justice in the first place. So are yeah. you for a more parliamentary system? I would believe so. I would probably agree. I've always felt that way as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. This two-party system that we have, uh, 
no one likes it, but the people in both the parties still yeah. like to pretend well, it works. The ones are and they control it. Yeah. And they like, yeah, it goes this way, and it goes that way, and it goes this way, and then back that and way. And it's, it's such a predictable cycle, mm. you know, that yeah, yeah, I, like, four years or not, I guess six years from now, we're going to have a Democrats president. Yeah, exactly. put your money on that, business yeah, right. or whatever it is. If Trump wins again, I I really don't. He's gonna win again. I, <laughs> yeah. There's no. I don't. Unless there's some big surprise. Who would they here. run? Okay, so let, let me get to my next news story. The Rock. All right, so the Rock. News from Elizabeth Warren. Oh. Here we go. All right, so there's a the Boston Globe uh, and Elizabeth Warren is a Massachusetts senator, hmm. and they have started coming out saying she can't run. She's not gonna run. She lost her chance. She should uh, her chance was in 2016, and they cited. It's kind of a funny story too. Like we'll get the funnier stories next, but this one's kind of funny too. They're like she's too divisive in the Democratic Party. It's like, well, isn't she like basically a flagship, yeah, a candidate in the Democratic Party? But no, the Native American thing rubbed everybody the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> she bit herself in the ass and went out in public and said, I'm .001 Native American. Yeah, I, so. I know one poll I saw. And then she went, <laughs> <laughs> You dumb bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, one poll I looked at, I saw like Biden was was top, you know, as, as a Democrat candidate. Why, I don't know. The amount he's touched women on television, right. very uncomfortably, it's yeah. like, it's like we've seen you do that. You're just in the party that yeah. and like calls other people out that, for it. You know, yeah. And, and they'll obviously blow up ones where he, he might have not been creeping on someone, but it looks like it, and so it's easy. He's like you know, whispering. It's an easy it's a... target. Uh, I think someone like, um, is it is it Beto or Beto or Beto. Is it Beto? Or I've or heard or both Beto? of them. I've heard people say Beto. You see, because I thought it was Beto. I thought it was Beto. I thought it was, sure was Beto. <laughs> the- O'Rourke. And yeah, O'Rourke. <laughs> I think that he might do it. Uh, he said he's not going to, but he's what, the fact that he came that lies. The fact that he came this close as a Democrat to winning Texas against yeah. Ted Cruz. Against Ted Cruz. Well, Ted Cruz ran against Trump, so yeah. it's kind of it was kind of like maybe you rubbed a lot of Republicans the wrong way. Oh, he definitely did and for sure. Like. My dad's a staunch Republican, and he just doesn't like Ted Cruz for whatever yeah. reason. Well, he's uh, a Zodiac killer. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, he, and he killed a lot of people. <laughs> he, his face is just so punchable. You just yeah, right. You're looking at him, and you're like, dude, I just want to fucking punch you. I don't know why. And it's just one, like my dad even says he has a shit-eating grin. Yeah, right. I was like, well, you know, he's got some good policies. He was like, but look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he well, talks, that's how yeah. politics works it's a popularity yeah. contest uh, uh, whenever uh, televised debates came out but his mom prays for him right do you remember that you remember that no. whenever Ted Cruz was like my mom prays for me every day and then she was like looking at him like no I fucking oh, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it is how interesting though how, how much of a popularity contest politics can be when televised debates came out with uh, Kennedy versus Nixon Yep. Uh, before that, they were doing radio debates, and Nixon was winning all the time. I was about time. to say, Nixon was going to whoop him. Then they bring out televised debates. Nixon can't handle it. His makeup's running. Kennedy looks great. You know, mm-hmm. and suddenly Kennedy starts shooting up. Yeah, that's when the women becomes... were like, oh, he, oh. Marilyn Rose. Oh, yeah, back. Yeah, like, yeah, damn. Right? Yeah. Damn, boy. And you were talking the perfect politician. Kennedy was the poster boy for what he used to run for president. You know, for yeah. better, I, I, Kennedy is one of my favorite presidents. Just I do like Kennedy. I, yeah, as big, big Jack I don't know. I, I like him a lot. Um, we might see, and that's another uh, another Kennedy might run for president. No, nah, they'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. You, you know what happened to his brother? Clinton's arrest. You know what happened? Yeah. 
I, someone would kill him. I mean, <laughs> someone would kill him. Yeah, right. Well, well, George H. W. Bush's that's a conspiracy theory we oh, can do yeah. on another podcast. This podcast isn't for well, conspiracy yeah, they, theories. They've had um, there was apparently an attack on Trump that they no one said anything about. Yeah, but they said that there was an assassination attempt that they thwarted. Well, there's always no talk about. Well, that's what they say. That's all the yeah. time. But it's an just an attempt. I'm not surprised yeah. at yeah. all. I'm surprised there's not been more. Yeah, I th- I thought he'd be dead by now, honestly. Yeah. NSA which not is, saying that which, I want. Yeah, no, no, I don't want him dead. But it is it it is shot. But I do think that they are uh, do have a lot of protection. You know, I think the Secret Service does a pretty good job. Uh, you know, especially after they were all doing the a good job or assassination attempts that have happened. You they are. did a good job before yeah. he was even elected president. Sure. I went to his first uh, rally here. Yeah, in Pensacola. And they had him up on the roof of the Crown Plaza. You know, they they were looking down at the crowd in there, and then they had people uh, with at the metal detector, Secret Service there, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow you know pocket knives yeah. and anything. So and we also got rushed off stage at that one event too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yep, yep. That's right. So yeah, half the country hates him. So I'm I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it's kind of like. Uh, if a Kennedy, I'm thinking, if a Kennedy got in, it's just, uh, I've seen a pattern with the Kennedys. So the reason yeah. why a Democrat won't win this election is because, assuming Trump runs unopposed, which there's a chance somebody might call yeah. us in, but... I think Bernie, I think Bur- if, if they run Bernie, they might have a chance. Yeah, he's about to fall over and die maybe a little bit soon, so have you seen how old he is? Yeah, Bernie, but Bernie can't do it. The issue is, Trump, when they're debating, we talked about this in the last one, I think, when they're debating, Trump's going to be live-tweeting their debates and making fun of them and coming up with nicknames for them, and he's going to ruin these candidates. By the time one of them comes out, he's going to have so much ammo on this guy, there's no chance that they win. Yeah. He's going to be a joke, or he, she's going to be a joke by the time he gets done. Yeah. Or they. They might be a joke. <laughs> I don't want to assume gender. Lil Marco, Lion Ted Cruz. Lil Marco might Hillary. be the best one yet. Lil Marco, I, I mean... Uh, well, that's uh, just... Jeb... Oh, what was it the unenthusiastic Jeb? Yeah. Tired. Oh, oh what, they, so what was it called? Jeb? What they called Jeb? I don't know. But whenever they high fived in the middle of that debate, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Jeb was just defeated. He knew he wasn't going to get it, and I felt bad because he was the governor of the state of Florida. But right. And he did at the same time, job. I'm not going to vote for a Bush dynasty nor right. a Clinton dynasty. We are not a monarchy. Somebody said that to me. Like, I didn't vote for Trump either, but still. I was in, like, Fifth grade, whenever the 2008 election, they were, everyone was talking about. Maybe it was sixth grade. I don't remember what it was. But he was like, "Yeah, I just don't think I'm gonna vote for Clinton in 2008 because I don't want the Clinton dynasty." And here we are. Clinton's talking about running again. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. I I don't necessarily agree with the dynasty argument. I, I think that there's plenty of things that I don't agree with Clinton on that I just wouldn't vote her for. Uh, I oh, think that well, just because yeah, someone's related yeah, right. to another person or you're married to another president, I don't necessarily think that that's a, a, a decent starting argument or any argument against I, a candidate. I agree. I think you should just vote for whoever's the most qualified and whoever thinks yeah. should do the best job, regardless of their last name, the letter next to their name, whatever it is. But a lot of people, whenever they see a certain name, they automatically think they're more qualified. Right. True. So. Yes. Well, if, if you look at Hillary's job record... Yeah, it looks good. But then if you look at what she's done at the job, okay, she was a lawyer, so she helped defend people who, you know, she got, got off on rape. Off, yeah. And then laughed at it. And that is public record. It's like it's out there. And then she was Secretary of State. Okay, destabilized Libya under Obama, responsible for mm-hmm. multiple wars overseas that have started under the Obama administration. 
as Secretary of State. It, she didn't do a good job. And it's, I, I just don't see how whenever you're having a conversation with some uh, Democrats, they, they can't see that she was a bad candidate. Yeah. So uh, most of them will admit, okay, yeah. we should have ran someone else. Mm-hmm. There were some problems with DNC, but then they go to WikiLeaks. We blame WikiLeaks. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just information. Yeah. It's true yeah. information. Facts that she did. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of yeah. one of those things where, like, okay, bad timing for WikiLeaks and you, but at the same time, it's true information. Yeah. yeah. Very true. The only other story I got, um, it's just kind of an fu out government. <laughs> Literal. <laughs> Literally, literally a nephew of government. This guy, uh, yeah. you I saw this. About, yeah. yeah, Vermont man. This but, is spread very fast. This oh, news. Yeah. This is like yeah, a local yeah. news oh, yeah. story. Well, yeah. you know, I got a lot of libertarian friends on Facebook. And, oh so yeah, I'm parts yeah. of tons of groups. Of course, that that blows up immediately for me. Vermont man builds a four thousand dollar middle finger uh, sculpture pointed directly at the town government. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing what four thousand dollars can accomplish too. Yeah. yeah Where it, did he build it? I didn't really read anything on it. it I just saw like, in the his, headline. Like, it's uh, on, on his, his land, right? Yeah. So he has this land that the government, the local government, will not let him build on, and they're like, we just don't know what it's going to be used for. Well, the guy has a business that he runs and it's successful, and he wants to expand so it's a bigger piece of property. And local government is like, oh, we just want to make sure, blah blah blah. You know, normal local government bullshit. This guy says that. uh it, they're against him. That's why. Uh, that's why he says the local government just has something out for him, and so he on this piece of land he just goes and builds a giant middle finger pointing directly at the government, and the board can't do anything about it. Not one thing because it's uh, public art. <laughs> so he found that's quite fantastic. the loophole. Yep. <laughs> it's the government defeating the government. Yep. He's just saying nephew, well, and they have to give in to him, right? They can't just let that because if they get into him, he's gonna get into him. He's gonna get rid of the yeah. middle. Yeah, I think it's taller. Eye on him, that's for sure. <laughs> every every, every year. year, taller every yeah. single, every month. So like a pedestal for it. <laughs> Make another one. Yep, that is awesome. All right, uh, is there anything you would like to plug for people to go like any website, anything personal that you'd like to plug or say? Uh, go ahead and do it. Uh, at this moment. Well, I, I definitely want to plug uh, the Libertarian Party of Florida's website, lpf.org. Yeah. Uh, they did just rebuild it recently. It's a beautiful website, I think. It, it's one of the best libertarian websites I've seen. Uh, LP.org, obviously the national website. Um, here we, you know, it, locally here we have Facebook pages for the Libertarian Party of Santa Rosa County, the Libertarian Party of Okaloosa County, uh, Walton Libertarians, Escambia Libertarians. Uh, both hopefully will be affiliated uh, before too long. Um, uh, but other than that, no, I can't think of anything else. All right. Sounds good. You got any like local uh, like Facebook or Twitter or anything like that? Uh, myself, I no, no. Okay. Uh, I, well, I, have, okay. I, I do have my Region One representative page, but I don't really post on it. Okay. Okay. I do plan on posting on it more soon, uh, but that's uh, more personal stuff within the party. So I mean, if gotcha. people want to catch up on that, uh, you know, see what I'm gonna do in the party, they're welcome to do that. Well, there you go. Okay, great. Thank you for everyone listening. Uh, you can find us. On iTunes now. We just got to iTunes. Let's so, go. yeah, let's go. Higher <laughs> Frequency Podcast Network on iTunes. Listen to the Loose Doors of Liberty, the College Football Extravaganza, and the flagship Higher Frequency Podcast all in one place. You can reach us on Twitter at HF Podcasts. Uh, reach Facebook us on page. our Facebook page, uh, HF Podcasts, Higher Frequency Podcast. You can reach us on our Patreon. Donate to the cause. 
donated money and it'll pay for equipment sounds to go on the podcast so we can edit these things better um if we start making enough money send us to stuff like uh liberty con which is going on january 18th through the 21st that'd be great you know what if you guys gave me enough money i'd go and contra uh, the contra cruise that would be awesome if you gave me enough money i'd go to the liquor store and buy some beer I mean. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening as always tune in next time we're out <laughs>